0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us again on the Once Bitten podcast. A episode with a little bit of a difference again for you this week. We have an actor on the pod. Now, uh, I won't give too much away, we'll get straight into the story. Uh, Mike and I connected as always via Twitter and via the DMs and he had a very interesting story to share. So I wanted to bring him on the show. And, you know, lift a little bit on Hollywood as well and what's going on with his career and where this might be headed and his rabbit hole story. Truly interesting guy, really, really appreciate you coming on, Mike. I hope everybody gets uh, a lot out of this and reaches out to you after the show. Before we get into it, I got to make sure I shill the guys over at coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten, doing amazing work in the Bitcoin space. If you're in the UK, go start stacking sats, set up the auto-buys. You can fiat cost average your way into Bitcoin. And you can do the same in the US across the pond. A big shout out to our guys over at swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten they are live in every state now in the u.s you can go sign up use that forward slash bitten that gets you a free ten dollars to start your stacking journey both these companies do amazing work they both have brilliant customer service they're both bitcoin only and They want to educate you in the best manner. So there's no excuse. Go start stacking. Let's get into this show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Adam, for putting this one together again. Enjoy it. I'll catch you after. Hey, guys. Welcoming to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast, Michael Coghlan, who is coming to us from the silver screen. I don't know if we've ever had a celebrity actor on the Bitcoin podcast before. So Michael, thanks for spending the time. Great to meet you. Hey, great to meet you, DP.
1: Thanks for having me. And uh, if I feared anything about this podcast, it was the grilling questions from your daughters. So so if I seem a little bit off my game, it's because of that, okay?
0: So stage fright is still a thing, even uh, this- Oh yeah. (laughs) It keeps you honest. Uh, Okay, so, well, here comes number one. Lauren, fire away. Okay, so my first question is why did you decide to become a celebrity?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I wish it was that easy. Uh, What I chose was a life of uh, the arts, Uh, so to become an actor, uh, which does not necessitate celebrity, but... uh, Sometimes that happens, and if it happens, well, that's terrific, uh, particularly if it uh, uh, provides me the ability to meet with people from across the pond in the old world over there where you guys are. Uh, So it's a real treat uh, when it works for you. Uh, I'm not at the point where uh, the paparazzi follows me with cameras and uh, I have no stalkers uh, to my knowledge uh, on my Twitter account or uh, through the social media. So, so far, so good. Uh, but I'm happy just to be working. So, for me, it's not about celebrity, really. It's just about uh, if I can work as an actor, then I'm very, very happy.
0: Okay. I accidentally said celebrity. I'm an actor. <laughs> 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 so, what, what was your other question, though? Um, well, that's okay. My other question was, um, <sighs> was what movie has... Ha- what is that?
1: Sorry. What movies have you been in? I have recently been in The Nights Before Christmas, which uh, I understand appeared uh, for the first time in England uh, at the Fright Fest Film Festival, which apparently is a big deal over there. And uh, it's, it's about Santa Claus, who is actually an escaped uh, mental institution patient uh, who goes on a rampage and and kills everybody on his naughty list. So uh, it, it, I don't think it's exactly for children, but it's a horror slasher flick uh, with Santa Claus as the perpetrator. And uh, I am one of the people on his naughty list. Let's just put it that way. So exciting. Uh, so that is uh, actually December 6th released. Uh, I believe on Amazon Prime Video here in North America, but I believe it's uh, on DVD in, in department stores in your own country of uh, the UK, which is where the producers and director and writer and main star
0: is from, England. I let the kids uh, do all the high time preference questions at the beginning, so h- here we yeah. go. What, what have we got, Caitlin? Well, I've got... Yeah, well, this is lots this of is fun. <laughs> um, because it's not every day. Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 um,
1: who's a, the most famous person you've met? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, it's interesting because uh, I, I meet famous people from my, my day job, which is my support job, because when you're an actor and uh, when, when you don't have any work, uh, you have to do something to pay the bills. So I'm a, uh, a roadie or a backline audio technician. We, uh, stage concerts. So I'm the guy who sets up the drum kit and the guitar amplifiers and all that sort of thing. So I've met a lot of famous people that way as well, but in film and television, I would say, I, <laughs> I, I, think maybe Michael Madsen is a big one. He was from, um, Pulp Fiction, a big uh, Quentin Tarantino film. Uh, he's been in many television shows and, and movies as well. Um, trying to think of who else. Sybil Shepherd, I met, uh, she was a wonderful lady. Uh, I met Robin Williams uh, when I was an extra in a movie. This was years ago, obviously, way before he passed away. Uh, but he is just like you see him on TV and in interviews, he's very, very funny, and I don't think he ever had an off switch. He, he just was always making people laugh. Uh, it was incredible to witness, for real. Do you know who Robin Williams is? I've got no idea. Yes, who, you any, do. Do I? Yes, you yes, do. do. You, okay,
0: Robin Williams. Uh, Jumanji?
1: And I, I haven't seen the original one. Oh my! I've goodness. seen the new one. That one's good, though.
0: No, we've seen the the original one. You have, I haven't. Okay. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, that right, guy. Well, he,
1: yeah. We we got some hope. You guys are going to have to watch Good Will Hunting all together as a family. That'll be a good one. Or uh, Dead Poet
0: Society. Okay. You, that, you, they don't ring any bells no. to you. All right. Okay. Good Morning Vietnam. No. Okay here as a fan. Pulp fiction. I watched that and I think I fell asleep. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: <laughs> it's quite long. <laughs> it's a long uh yeah, it's uh, I wouldn't recommend it for uh anybody below the age of 18, I don't think. Yeah. But do you have any- or 16?
0: Yeah. Um uh, what's your favorite um maybe to acting? No. What's your favorite Category is that
1: how you say it? Like action, Genre. yeah, yeah, there we go. Jean- um, I love science fiction actually. I mean, I love they give me because I'm working, but fiction is really great. Um, because I've always been a fan of. And as well and uh we do a lot of science fiction stuff up here in north uh, toronto uh so yeah sci-fi i like uh spaceships and laser guns and uh
0: you broke up a little bit there but basically we, we got we got the gist of it spaceships laser guns science fiction and uh all of that kind of good stuff so obviously matrix must uh, be right up there as well
1: yeah absolutely and that's a wonderful tie in to to what you're doing uh d p with uh bitcoin uh, you're you're red pilling everybody so uh very excited about that and it's for me it's just been a a terrific ride to tune in into what you're doing and uh all the other wonderful people who who provide uh some quality uh bitcoin content and have been instrumental in my journey and in, in learning, uh, you know, what, what is down the rabbit hole and, and how it affects my life and how it can improve my life and, and that of the world, you know?
0: Mm. Yep. Okay. Girls, do you want to say uh good night to Michael? And, uh, do you, do you have any teasers or spoilers? Anything, uh, we might see you in coming up?
1: Uh, yeah, there is, um, a teaser for, uh, the trailer for uh, The Nights Before Christmas uh, available on DVD in the UK right, right now. Great uh, stocking stuffer. Um, so you can see the trailer. Uh, just go to my Instagram, which is uh, The Real Michael Coughlin. So at The Real And uh, you'll be able to see the, the latest trailer for The Nights Before Christmas.
0: Excellent. And I think there's a zombie series or something coming on next year. Is that right? That, that you're part of? That's right. The
1: Age of the Living Dead, which is uh, streaming on Amazon Prime Video uh, now. That's season one. Uh, my character makes an appearance in three episodes in season two, which is, uh, I believe, scheduled for March 2021. Uh, and I'm told... I may be appearing in season three, which is very exciting for me. Uh, so, yeah, that's a really fun one. It's uh, humans versus vampires. Uh, there's been a, a an outbreak of vampirism in North America, and uh, the folks back home in England. It has a, a terrific tie into the UK. Uh, they're watching helplessly as uh, we we suckers in the new world are faced with an army of vampires.
0: Cool man, excellent. Well, uh, do you want to say goodnight, girls? Yeah. Yep. Okay.
1: Good night. Good night. Bye. Okay. Well, good night to them, and thank you very much. Where Where do we find you
0: right now? Where Where is? Because uh, I mean, the story is you're a mobile man. So, do, do you want to fill the listeners in? And uh... yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. I'm. Uh, I'm actually in the city of Mississauga right now, which is. Uh, on the periphery of uh, Toronto's uh, uh, west side. So um, they call it the Greater Toronto Area, which includes Mississauga and Scarborough on the other side. Um, So uh, right now I'm in Mississauga because I'm not comfortable with staying uh, in, in downtown Toronto too much uh during this pandemic i I just prefer to to go out where there's a little more breathing room um and uh it it just suits me fine right now uh living in my van because i can go from location to location very easily i'm familiar with the city mississauga i kind of spent time here when i was very young with my uh older brother and my mother and father uh, when we first moved to Ontario from New Brunswick, by the way. And, uh, yeah, it's just nice. There's a lot of uh, beautiful parks here and I'm a big proponent of getting outside and, uh, I-, I walk for exercise. Uh, I'm an electric unicyclist. Uh, so I ride my electric unicycle all over the place. There's all kinds of wonderful trails and, uh, off-road and, and on street And it's just a, it's a great place, uh, to, to try to beat the pandemic.
0: Right. And get out there and get some exercise and, uh, and fresh air and, uh, be nomadic. And- yeah. And exactly. And the beauty
1: of this is I can, uh, I can hold up anywhere. Like I'll, I'll find a nice little park or, uh, uh, I can use, a, a, a park behind an industrial, like a, a factory or an office building or, or whatever. Uh, I just kind of look for a good coffee shop nearby, maybe a place to do my laundry, and, uh, and I'm happy. Um, I actually lived there before the pandemic, uh, because as an actor, I would always be on location, so they would hook me up with a hotel room, uh, or, a, an Airbnb or some sort of trailer, and, uh, it was, it was wonderful, so... The more I did that, the more I thought, what a waste of money it was to pay for rent for an apartment uh, somewhere downtown, uh, which is an incredible expense in, in Toronto. Um, so it all kind of fell in stride with, uh, with the, the Bitcoiners attitude. Uh, I got really practical around the same time that I fell down the rabbit hole and I started thinking, the money that I'm paying in in rent, this exorbitant fee, could be better used uh, going into a hard asset, and uh, and hopefully that pays off in the future.
0: Yeah, and I, I had Max Hillebrand on the show before, and he's this he's he's the guy that uh, bought like a flatbed truck. He he negotiated it for Bitcoin, and then dropped a a container a shipping container on the back and had that completely specced out. And he's now completely nomadic, totally, you know, at at, goes, wherever he wants, whenever he wants, he's this self sovereign special, you know, this is his speciality. It's, it's brilliant. And I've heard uh, Steve Barber talk about this before a few times uh, on Twitter and on podcasts about Citadels uh, will be mobile. Citadels will be mobile, you know, like caravan style. Uh, so you, you clearly, you clearly see that and feel that as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, uh, because of, of, uh, my chosen career field in the arts, I'm a, I'm a songwriter and performer as well, but, uh, that's kind of been wiped out by the pandemic at this point, but I'm still writing songs and, uh, still playing my guitar but uh, you don't make a whole lot of money when you're trying to make your way in the arts. So it forces you to be frugal. And, uh, you know, we all know uh, the actor's story, they're a a waitress or they're a bartender, or, you know, maybe they drive a cab overnight, uh, work the night shift at a factory, whatever it takes uh, to get the bills paid. So in that, train of thought I've, i i figured the van would be the perfect way to save money and uh, allow me the freedom to do the things that i really want to do and for me that's what it's been all about since my i guess my late 30s i kind of had uh, my midlife crisis moment uh where i was a beer salesman uh i worked for a uh, um one of the local brews here in ontario canada And I was downtown Toronto in my minivan full of of point-of-sale uh you know tent cards and and coasters
0: so what what were you doing before uh before you fell down the rabbit hole and before you found acting you know what was what were you doing before leading up to all of this this new lifestyle of yours yeah I had a moment uh
1: uh, which a lot of uh, psychologists would call a midlife crisis, I guess. And uh, I was downtown Toronto uh, as a beer salesman in a, in a minivan full of point-of-purchase display items like tent cards and uh, coasters and T-shirts and the like. And uh, I remember it was a hot summer afternoon and uh traffic was backed up as far as the eye could see and i remember thinking this is not what i dreamed about when i was eight years old i did not think i wanted to be a beer salesman in the city of toronto so i kind of uh quit the job that day and i remember driving to the lake shore parking the van uh i took off my tie i rolled up my pants Uh, took off my shoes and socks and I waded out into Lake Ontario and found a breakwater uh, and just lie on that breakwater uh, in the warm summer sun and just looked at the blue sky and trying to think of what my future would entail. Uh, but all I knew at that moment was I could not go back to life before, uh, that moment. And, uh, It took a number of months, but I slowly began to understand that the things that I wanted to do were the things I dreamed about when I was young. And when I was young, I made stop-motion films on 8 millimeter Bell and Howell cameras with my best friend, Jeff McRae, with plasticine dinosaurs and girder and panel building sets. And we... You know, we we had big dreams and we pretended we were a kiss uh, and we used hockey sticks as guitars, being Canadian kids. And, you know, we put on the makeup and we dreamed of being rock stars. And suddenly I realized that everything I wanted to do was much bigger than people gave me authority to dream about. And what I ended up doing is I met some guys who rented a jam hall and they invited me down to play some guitar and have some fun, drink some beer, uh, with no, you know, no pressure, just enjoy yourself. And I started talking to some of my friends who were actors and I realized that's what I want to do. That's what I used to do when I was 10 years old with my best friend. So, uh, that's kind of how I came around. And really the idea was just mental stability and uh, uh, um, a way of living without uh, stress. And those things uh, gave me that. They afforded me that luxury. Uh, Even though I never perceived making an actual money-making career out of them, uh, that just kind of fell in line afterwards, well after the fact. But uh, it's been a long time strange trip and, and a really good one and uh and that's that's kind of how i ended up here
0: wow so when you got off that 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 breakwater out on the lake and you swung back in who, who were the first people that you spoke to and how did they kind of take the news that you were giving them <laughs> yeah it's so
1: funny you know because I've, I've been in that boat before i uh for, for many different reasons but yeah i just I put in a phone call, uh, to my sales uh, manager and just said, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Uh, thanks. And, uh, you know, I'll return the, the keys and the, the laptop and all the stuff and sort of took care of that. And, and, uh, you know, to my delight, uh, the gentleman was, was, uh, very cordial about the whole thing. And I think, you know, we all go through different stages of life at different times. We all have different needs. And that's just something you got to expect if you uh, employ any number of people. But, I, you know, all my life I've found with jobs that they end for me in one of two ways. One is I just become so detached and depressed that I go in kind of uh, go, go into a protective cocoon. And uh, nothing really phases me. And I'm just kind of on autopilot until somebody says, uh, yeah, but you're not doing so good. Um, do you want to maybe wake up? And, and usually I, I either say yes or no, and I'm shown the door or I go out the door myself. Otherwise, uh, I just end up getting in an argument with the micromanaging uh, superior and television what I really think. And then obviously I'm kicked out the door. So, you know, it's all the same. Ultimately, I think life has been trying to tell me something.
0: Yeah. And the the big worry for me, Mike, is because I, I was one of these people that would just kick the can down the road and just another year, just another year, head down, grind it out, look after your family, think of your family, think of your kids the sunk cost fallacy of 17 years at that point in the business and in the job and in the industry, you know, you'd built your network, you'd built your reputation. But, and I, I what worries me, there's so many, so many people stuck in this position that think it's impossible to leave for whatever reason. Yeah. And yeah, I know, man, That's that's a sad thought. It really is. But now we have, I mean, we'll, we'll bring it around to Bitcoin because for those people that do find themselves in that situation and have been stacking away or are thinking about uh, stacking and, and starting their Bitcoin journey, this this transformative like technology we have, this store of value, that anything that you can save into it is going to work for you in the background and in However long it might be, it depends when you start your journey, right? It might be a year, might be five years, completely sure ten. But there's, it, it provides that beacon of hope. And I, I had Brandon Quittam on the show, and he did the same kind of thing. You know, he was high flying sales guy at a, a very big company, corporate job, and just got to the point where it's like he, he was waking up and he realized this wasn't him. This was not his core self, and he just had to just stop uh, because it, it just, and, and Joe Derte as well, he, he came on another Twitter uh, follower, came on the show and he was like 26 when he came to this realization. And it's just, uh, it's, it's mad. And yeah, stories like yours, uh, it, it gives other people hope that, that there is something, you, you can take more control
1: yeah. And I'm glad. Uh, and I hope if anything comes out of, uh, sharing a story like this is that somebody recognizes their self in it. Uh, because I'll tell you human beings by nature, we, we don't like to jump out of our worn track. You know, <laughs> if, if, if things are moving through inertia alone, that's enough for a lot of us. And, uh, we don't like to ruffle, Uh, our own feathers too much because when things are good enough, that's fine. But when you get that bump and when you take advantage of it, uh, it, wonderful things happen. And you do have to pay in blood sometimes. And I'm sorry if that turns people off. But, I mean, when I left that job, I really had to find my legs. I, I had to find my footing. And it took a while. It wasn't like the dominoes just all fell perfectly. But I did manage and and through a little bit of uh, blood, sweat and tears, I found my way. And it's that much more rewarding because of it. And I really strongly encourage people to take a chance um, if you feel that. That, that, that feeling that I had, which is, is, is this all there is? Is this it? Is this what I look forward to every day? Because, I don't know, man, it's not looking so good from uh, this side of, you know, 40 years old or whatever you happen to be at the time. And I'm 52 right now. And my thing was, okay, I've got a little bit of a career up and running, and I'm doing fulfilling things for work, and, I, and I'm very thankful for that but I didn't have a pot to piss in. And, uh, and I was spending what little I made on rent uh, in, a, in a crappy apartment in downtown Toronto, which is a fortune. And how can anybody get ahead like that? And my mind was made up that it doesn't matter. I just got to live for the day and I'll take it one day at a time and just see what happens. Uh, but there were many you know, nights where I would worry about my future and uh, thank goodness, along came Bitcoin at some point. And I had read somewhere because I had tried investing in gold miners a long time ago when gold was eight hundred dollars or something like that. And if I had uh, maintained that portfolio, great, look where I would be—you know, nineteen hundred dollars or something like that. It's not life-changing money, uh, but that's better than what I had. But they say. I read somewhere, and I don't know who said, I wish I could quote them properly, but someone mentioned, uh, invest in what you believe in. And I took that to heart because after I went through my shitcoin phase, Bitcoin suddenly made galvanizing sense to me. And I thought... I believe in this, you know, there was one day I woke up where I just, I don't care about any of the rest of it. I sold traded everything else into Bitcoin, uh, because I believed in it. And I kind of have, I think I got into Bitcoin at 9,000 on the way down from the 2017, uh, craze. And, uh, I watched it go to 6,000. And then I watched it go even further down to whatever it was, thirty-eight hundred or or something. And I've you know in my in my ride, I've had some bumps and bruises, but I still believed in it. And I've never I, I've never sold one Satoshi of Bitcoin. And uh, now look what's happening, and, and uh, everybody's feeling really positive about you know the direction it's going. And and uh, I I can only say that if it if it takes a crop tomorrow, it doesn't matter. I'm in until the bitter end.
0: Yes. That is definitely the sentiment of many people in this space. And long may it last. And, and those people that are following our footsteps, right, the people, the, the class of 2020 that are coming in and are going to experience this this incredible uptick and bull run. You know, the, the companies coming out now, the public... And private companies putting in big amounts. This wasn't happening back in those days, and this is going to to turn turn the wheels even even faster. But I'm curious, how do, do you remember that light bulb moment? Like, what first of all, how how did Bitcoin you know knock at your door? And when was that light bulb, let, that light bulb moment where you're like, screw all this other shit, this is the thing.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was. one of my uh, musician friends had mentioned it to me a number of times uh, in, in the span of like three weeks. I would run into him and we'd be hanging out, having a beer at a, a, a gig, and he would mention it. And I noticed he kept mentioning it to me because I was probably the one friend who, who didn't look at him with, you know, bored Homer Simpson eyes, unblinking and not getting it. I just kind of paid attention and uh, then I think I was helping him unload some amps back at his place and he said, I got a video, I got to show you this, you got to see this. So we went in and he turned on his computer and he showed me a video about Bitcoin and I was like, oh, cool. And we kind of explored that together, that whole thing and and we bought our first Bitcoin uh, probably on, I'm trying to remember now, Coinbase, actually Quadriga was a thing here in Canada. <laughs> you might have heard of them. Uh, I think we even used Quadriga at one point. Or I remember I couldn't get, uh, because 2017 was such a mad frenzy, you couldn't get service. They were they were overrun with business. They couldn't get to everybody. So I never got into Quadriga. He did, but uh, I don't think he lost anything. I think he sold out of it because we started flipping out of Bitcoin And picking up shit coins thinking we could make a mad fortune, uh, you know, which is, I guess, always a possibility. But as we went along on our journey and learned more and more about the crypto space at large, I started getting sick of really fast that there was a new, cool, faster, better, more efficient cryptocurrency every week. There was a new hot ticket item. And uh I just thought, this is stupid. How is this different from our legacy finance world where, you know, one minute it's emerging markets and the next minute it's tech and blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on. There's a new flavor of ice cream every day. And uh, I'm I'm not into that. I just want one simple thing that makes my life more simple and more easy. And Bitcoin was it. And uh, I remember watching for the first time uh, the Kaiser report with Max and Stacy, and I just understood how they laid it down, and it really made sense to me. And I've always been a bit of an underdog, a uh, little bit of a rebel. Uh, I love my uh, civil disobedience in in daily doses. I don't wait at the red light. If I'm walking, if I want to cross the street, I cross what I want to. And I like giving the finger to the establishment from time to time, which is probably why I'm such a big Matt O'Dell fan. Uh, So it really appealed to me, and it just really made sense. And then, of course, as we all know, the more you spend time learning about it, reading about it uh for me i think i mentioned to you before i don't read about it i let uh, guy swan do the reading for me so it's, anyway i'm lazy like that but the more you learn about it the more it makes sense and the more wonderful it becomes and it's hard to tell other people about this except for bitcoiners because it does it gets cosmic man it gets like this can really change things and, and I, I sound like a crazy person if I say that to people out in public. <laughs> but Bitcoiners get it because they've taken the time to, to, to learn about it. And the greatest thing about the cosmicness of Bitcoin is that it's all based in science and math. And it actually makes sense. And one of the factors in the equation is human greed and human weakness. And Bitcoin is so genius is that it capitalizes on that weakness and and makes the human being better for it. And if you can't hold your head in awe at that statement, then you don't understand what what, uh, what beauty is. You know? So that's as cosmic as I get. And uh, I'm happy to be able to, to put that out there because I can't say that to people I meet in the street (laughs) here in toronto
0: (laughs) it's it's a classic classic story of just not having enough people to like-minded people to talk to about it because you do come across as crazy and when when you try and explain to people it's like this isn't this isn't just a fad this isn't new money this isn't like uh, a new even financial asset this is a fundamental shift in how we behave and how we will organize our you know societies and our communities and it all comes down to this point of uh, sound money and, uh, and a sound money system when you think about i mean we're too young to have ever the, the closest we can get to experiencing like a sound money system is watching old, old TV shows, right? And looking at the kind of cars they were driving or the kind of uh, you know buildings that are in the, on the set. Have you ever done anything like that? Like any kind of period dramas where you just walk around and you're like, whoa. Like visit Cuba, for example. I mean, yeah. Cuba, you walk around Cuba, yeah. look at all the cars. They're like, the cars are amazing. And this,
1: yeah, they're truly uh, something to marvel at, aren't they? I, I
0: love that. And but yeah, I, no, sorry, go ahead. And I was Daniel, just, all of these things built in a sound or a sounder money period, and that uh, there are a few people on Twitter that always posting the the German or the French castles or the the medieval towns. I live on the edge of a medieval town here, and you like you walk around and you like, my god, there's buildings here from the 13th. 14th 15th century and they're still standing and people are still living in them and they still look yeah better than anything you've ever seen uh, it's, it's yeah incredible so yeah I mean I, I just love to kind of pick your brain around around that kind of subject well
1: it's, it's funny uh, DP because on that note uh, I was out for a walk this morning uh, and as I said I take my van anywhere and everywhere. I've driven across Canada in it. Uh, I was in uh, Quebec, which is a beautiful, beautiful province, uh, to the uh, immediate Eastern border of Ontario and uh, camped in the most stunning places along the Gulf of St. Lawrence, which would have been where Samuel de Champlain discovered uh, you know, the, the new world for the first time through disbelieving eyes. Uh, just stunning. But then in the city, I will find, I'll boondock behind, uh, you know, like a corporate office building or something. And when I walk around, I look at these buildings, this architecture, all the money that went into these fabulous structures, and they're lit up beautifully. And it's been a particularly interesting lens to study, to study them under uh, during the pandemic because many of these places were empty uh, you would only see a security guard driving around at night uh, just you know trying to ensure the safety of the place uh, from I don't know maybe looters or broken windows although we don't have that much of that in Canada um, but it's really starkly um, beautiful at night to see one of these uh, you know monuments to capitalism under the shining moon and stars. It's it's truly incredible. And then this morning, I was out for a walk, and I looked at this one particular building, and it was more of a warehousing space, but it was really cleverly built and and enormous. Like These buildings go on for miles and miles, as far as the eye can see. And I'm looking at this thinking, it's just like the pyramids back in the day. Uh, And all the armies of people that it took to build them and how they were probably paid very little. In fact, they were slaves in the case of the pyramids, or certainly speculated as being such. Uh, And how different is the workforce today? And then the more I thought about it this morning, I thought about all the suburbs built around the industrial parks here in in Toronto. And that's like, you know, that's slave residents. That's where they kept the slaves close by, so they could make it to work right away and start building in the morning. And really, how have we changed over those millennia?
0: Yeah, very little, right? It's uh,
1: Yeah. (laughs) And it just astounds me that the human race can go on for so long and really know so little. I mean, I can order my Starbucks in the morning with an app and have it ready by the time I get here, but that's not the kind of change I'm looking for. Um, So my hope is is with Bitcoin. And even beyond that, the people who believe in Bitcoin and the people who are the architects of, of the new system built around or based upon Bitcoin.
0: Can you think of i I know you listen to Guy Swan a lot. I do as well. Big shout out to Guy. I love what you do, man. It's just incredible. Is there is there a piece of writing there that that he's read to you on one of these walks that has just kind of like stopped you in your tracks and like oh my god all of all of the oh, man go ahead, uh, geez
1: I, you know there's so many pieces uh, I, I for me it's the it's the the freedom and the the privacy. Uh, maintenance, uh, all that stuff. Uh, so any articles that he reads that have to do with that uh, that subject, uh, again, that's why I'm a Matt O'Dell fan. I'm really a big proponent in in freedom. Uh, I'm a freedom fighter. I want I want that. I want more than anything freedom. I don't want a world without regulation and uh, without root. Re- I mean, I think we need some sort of administration to make sure things don't get out of hand. I don't want anarchy. But I, I, I see every day our freedoms getting chipped away at. And I see every day nobody gives a shit. And they, as long as they've got their Ford Escapade or whatever the hell they drive over there, uh, as long as they've got their team, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs win last night, You know, or did, you know, did Liverpool win last night? All these things are distractions and they don't really matter. Now, I would not deny anybody their sports and their favorite teams and whatnot. I I get a kick out of sports myself. But I'm just saying all the smoke and mirrors that are thrown in front of us to distract us from the fact that we're really just losing our freedom by the day. And that drives me nuts. And as I alluded to a little bit earlier, I'm a big fan of civil disobedience. And when I say that, I don't mean I'm going to go out and start fires. But I will question the police. I will question the legitimacy of municipal law. I will question everything that comes in front of my face that I've got questions for. I just don't see anybody else doing it or not a lot of people. And those are the people I look up to. And that's why I look up to, uh, Guy Swan and the things that he reads and exposes, uh, to people. And that's why I look up to Matt O'Dell and Marty Bent, And that's why I look up to Max Kaiser. I don't always agree with the guy, but I love how he throws it in the face of, uh, big banks. And, uh, and I just like people speaking their truth. And that's so important. And, I can't stand how people have somehow lost their way in this consumer society and that they forget about truth and what freedom really means and what it takes to hold on to. And when I look at my neighbors to the south and I have a lot of friends down there, I work with them uh, and a lot of our our Bitcoiner uh, friends that are podcasting, providing terrific content, I look at what's happening down there and I look at like this whole election deal. I'm sorry. (laughs) Joe Biden is not much better than Donald Trump. You had no choice down there. I'm sorry, Americans. It makes no difference. You're still doomed. Your empire is still crumbling and your country is a catastrophe. And if that makes me unpopular, I'm sorry, but it is. And racism isn't going anywhere because Joe Biden is suddenly president. There'll be no healing. There will be no healing because of Joe Biden. And I'm not trying to discredit Joe Biden, but I'm just saying the healing comes from the money. You know, slavery came from the money. So until people understand that, nothing's changing. And wow, I just got on a soapbox there. I'm going to step down now. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but it's the world man. I, that's that's that is, i mean that that is such a great uh, a great meme and that that's clearly resonated with you on, on a on a very deep level you know uh, like an envy uh rudolfo has on his, you know his his portfolio um his profile it's the money stupid and that's just such a great yeah. it's such a great message
1: <clears throat> yeah and and my heart bleeds for people uh, you know stuck in that situation, and everybody 's looking for something to blame and I understand that it 's human nature, of course but if if we could zoom out and really get down to brass tacks, then I think maybe we could get somewhere then and that 's my hope for for bitcoin um, uh, and and the kinds of new business paradigms, it will hopefully erect, you know, I hope that's, I hope that's what we can count on.
0: Yeah. And, and so you, you've got a big question around why society now can't, can't stand up and just ask that question. Why have, have you thought about where that's come from? Where, where did that kind of get knocked out of people?
1: I think we get pacified by shiny gadgetry and, uh, you know, pretty imagery on the internet and uh, season arcing uh, dramatic episodic television and uh, big billion dollar sport. And uh, all those things are distractions, right? Uh, how many people take the time to go for a walk every day? Really? they Lots of them go to the gym inside with headphones on or earbuds in their ears with a video screen right in front of their face on a treadmill. That blows my mind. Get outside and walk up a hill. Get outside and walk into the wind. See the leaves falling from the trees. Smell the air or smell the pollution in your fucking neighborhood because it's gone to shit over the last 20 years while you've been stuck inside watching the goddamn Maple Leafs lose the Stanley Cup for another year. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, people are nuts. They live inside, at least they do here in North America. I don't know what it's like over uh, in your country, but I see, you know, just sitting here at the Starbucks parking lot, watching people drive in and out and they're talking on the phone and, you know, parking. They leave their car running. And they walk into Starbucks, which they've already ordered on their app, and they walk back out, and then they're gone. And then they're going to the mall. They'll go into the mall. They'll spend three hours walking around the mall, buying shit they don't need. It's going to go in the garbage in seven months. And the cycle just starts over again. And I just think something as simple as feeling the ground under your feet, you know, getting off the concrete. Just make a connection, go into the woods. Oh my God, go into the park. You know, if you live into a city, if you live in a city, just go to the park, see the squirrel, go up the trunk of the tree, watch the bird flee the squirrel. Understand that you're part of something so much bigger. You know, just for a moment a day. I'm not asking anybody to quit their jobs. Just, just wake up and have a look around. Look at the sky. You know, just look, say hi to somebody that's walking the opposite direction, walking down the street. That could change somebody's day. That could change your day. And I'm not perfect, man. I don't have the answers, but I do know that we're detached. We're really detached in how we live today. And if it just take some little proactive step, you'll find that, you know, the little, the little brain charge you get from it. Will be bigger than 100 likes on Facebook. You know, the charge you get from a smile from another human being, the charge you get from feeling your face on a nice fall afternoon, you know, it's so much better. And I'm not saying, you know, that technology, not by any means, but I'm just saying get in touch with humanity just be human for real and i think then we can start to peel back the layers and see what's really underneath this ball of wax and twine that we've created i hope
0: man i I love that that (laughs) you remind me of when i was we were traveling as a family We, we traveled for about two and a half years we went nomadic uh, we didn't do the van thing like yourself. We uh, well, There's six of us. So we'd need one of those beautiful, great, big RVs that you can do in the US. I'd love to do that one day. Or, or people convert school buses, you know. Uh, I, 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 Captain Fantastic. I don't know yeah, man. That movie. Uh, that's That's a brilliant movie. But I would do Challenges. Uh, and I would try and challenge the kids to do it, but they were too shy to do it. So I would have to step up and, uh, and lead the charge. Like, okay, today we're going to do right. a smile challenge. I'm going to smile at 10 strangers. You guys count how to- many. <laughs> I'm going to do the good That's- the good morning challenge in New York. Right? We were walking around New York, yeah. nine o'clock in the morning, rush hour, everyone's head down. And we were just strolling around the city, taking it all in, showing the kids different. We, we were heading to the library. And every person I was walking past, I was saying good morning to. And, the, yeah. and my, even my wife were getting very kind of like, would you stop, would you stop? This is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> morning to another human being. What could be embarrassing about that? Because the look on their face, I said, yeah, how do they look when they walk past me? How do they look? Well, they look surprised and kind of like weirded out. I'm like, yeah. Two, <laughs> probably smiling them to themselves. And they're probably kicking themselves yeah. that they didn't just knee-jerk reactions say good morning back to the nice gentleman that just for no reason said good morning to them on their way to work. Because we're just so confused. Yeah. Head down, grind it out, especially if you're on a commute.
1: <clears throat> yeah. You know? And that's uh, such a... You're, you're so right. And it's such a beautiful thing. And, and the way that spreads, it's magic, man. It's absolutely magic. I've seen it myself and it really works, but it takes some investment and it takes some commitment and it takes willing, a willingness to, to look like a fool. But if that's the price I got to pay, I don't, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I'm your fool, man. I'll be your fool any day.
0: So. And how foolish can you look if you smile at someone? Really? It's, yeah, It's so crazy. So listeners, here's a challenge. If you are willing to take it, smile at ten random strangers today. After listening to me and Mike, and see what. Yeah. <laughs> if you're wearing a mask, that that's obviously not good enough. But
1: <laughs> yeah, but then you can mime the smile with your fingers over the mask, right? That might make somebody smile even even more. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. Just sitting here, uh, there was a lady that was running into the coffee shop and uh, she was looking at me talking to you over the phone with my earbuds and my ears and everything. And and I smiled at her and she smiled. It was the nicest, kindest, uh, most genuine. What a beautiful thing that human beings can do that. You know, just it's just a moment and it's there's no words. There's you don't have to do anything. You just smile. And we. We have communicated a beautiful, genuine, emotive uh, message between ourselves. That's magic. Man. That's that. You want to talk about an open-source protocol? Mm-hmm. There you go. You know,
0: and it makes you realize there is something very, very dark about all of this mask-wearing that that we're being put through in certain countries around the world because that takes that ability away, and. You, you, you can't convince me otherwise that this is uh, a, a psychological operation against uh, the, the people at large uh, to, to create more uh, fear amongst uh, the, the masses
1: yeah like the new 9 eleven right the, the 2020 9 eleven is that what you mean
0: uh I don't know what what's the <laughs> the well, you know how they
1: say 9-11, or some people claim that it was just a massive government initiative to, uh, to, to take away more rights and freedoms of, of the people.
0: Oh, right, I see. Right, with the, um, afterwards, uh, with the, uh, the the whole spying operation and everything, right?
1: Yeah, and uh, the Patriot Act and all that kind of stuff.
0: I don't know, man. Whatever's going on right now is weird as fuck. And we've got to be very, very... careful uh to, to to see what comes out the other side because uh, i don't know i don't know what it's like in canada but but over here in where we live in, in france i mean we're in the countryside so that's pretty much okay but i still uh we can still move around and whatever else and it's not too strict but just, you know the cities and stuff are getting locked down uh my my country uh, where i was originally from over in the uk they've gone back into lockdown this is this is house arrest this this is it's just weird shit.
1: So at this point in time, are you telling me that you cannot leave your, your household?
0: We can. Uh, we are supposed to take our papers with us. Uh, and uh, our, uh, You're supposed to sign a document each time you go out and a passport. And uh, you're, you're only supposed to leave if you're doing uh, like essential daily chores, like going to the supermarket. Or buying some bread, or of course buying cigarettes, which is apparently classed as essential in France. Which, by of course, it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. During a, pand- <laughs> a pandemic, go ahead and smoke as much as you like during a pandemic, in air quotes, of uh, a respiratory disease. And by the way, we're putting forty cents on each packet of cigarettes, so the tax just went up on cigarettes as well. Right, it, like you know. Oh my God! You're like, guys, really? Like, no one's seeing this. Like, no one's getting what's going on. (laughs) Um, But it's just nonsense. And it's all, all of the countries here are doing different things, different ways, different testing, different numbers. And it's this whole great big, I swear to God, just kind of fear campaign of as much misinformation or disinformation or confusion as possible to keep everybody on the straight and narrow uh, and scared of each other uh, and questioning each other and, you know, um, passing each other. You know, people are being incentivized to tell on their neighbors if they see more than like six people in a household or something in certain countries. It's just, I I can't even begin to to express to some people, like, you, you can talk to Bitcoiners about this, but like, Normies, if, if that's not too derogatory, people that, 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 that haven't seen Bitcoin yet, they're just like, they, they, they watch the news each evening and wait to be told what to do and don't question it. And you're like, Yeah, oh, yeah. I can't believe it. So it's, uh, I don't know where it ends. At, at what point? what what needs to happen for enough people to 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 snap back and say no yeah
1: like i'm kind of of i'm all for uh the team in the face of uh you know uh something that is harmful to the to the social body i'm i'm kind of like yeah let's do our best to stay clean and Disinfect and wear a mask, uh, if only for the older people in your community or whatever. I'm all for that, but at some point and I've been thinking this more and more every day is that you know you, we're just going to have to grin and bear it. If it's not going to disappear this way, we're going to have to let a few fall. And I'm sorry, that sounds cruel, but quite frankly, I don't think that many people are going to die anyway. And I kind of, I'm, for myself, I am not, I don't, I don't care. I mean, I'll wear a mask for everybody else around me, and I'm happy to do that. But I'm not worried. I think it's going to take more than a virus to take me down. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know shit about the science of it but I do fear for, for my mother. I, uh, I really miss going over to her place and visiting with her, uh, and I can't do that in person because of this whole pandemic thing. I have gone and spoken with her from afar, uh, from her back veranda, but that's the extent of it. Um, but I do think at some point, you know, I saw some figures that somebody tweeted, and it's it's... Aren't less people dying than from a regular kind of uh, flu virus?
0: Yeah, I, go and listen to uh, Safe's latest podcast. I don't know if you've uh, picked up on that one yet. He's he started a podcast, and his latest episode is all about is all about this. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's. I mean, he knows Safe. Obviously, he's hardcore, and he lays out the facts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd be for sure. I like that. Yeah, you'd be shocked by it if you've not caught it yet. It's and, and anyone else listening, definitely go and catch that.
1: Yeah, I believe I just uh, subscribed to that podcast uh, yesterday. So,
0: oh, you got a good walk ahead of you. Uh, that one, I tell you.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I can't. It's like. I, I'm, you know, I'm glad that uh, I, I don't have any work currently uh, because I, I don't have anything scheduled until uh, early, dis- no, sorry, last week of November, I have a shoot, but uh, every day I wake up and I start listening, you know, while I'm having my coffee and uh, I go for a walk and I put my earbuds in and it's just like, it's outrageous how much there is now, which is great. Um it's exciting and you pick up on the vibes of, of people and you get excited by uh, you know not only the price action these days but uh, for me it's always been the spirit of the thing and I feel like in some strange way I have friends out there because I you know you and I have never uh, talked before and here we are having this great old conversation like we've known each other for some time and uh that for me comes from the fact that we both share uh a lot of common values. And uh it's really nice to meet your people. And uh this brings me into a question I wanted to ask you, D P was uh uh you recently spoke with uh Michael Saylor, is that not correct? Giga Chad. Yes. Yeah, so I mean what an infectious guy he is and he's he said that he feels like he's found his people when he talks about bitcoiners but uh what was that experience like because i even went so far as to uh ask dan held via twitter uh if if i could be his date for the 100k party that he talked about on uh, on bitcoin rapid fire with john fallis so i'm trying desperately to get to that party that's uh, that's my goal right now uh what, what did you and michael have to say
0: uh i found that to be such a an impressive show of, he, he has this ability to pinpoint and drive home in such a succinct manner, everything that many of us have been striving to do for so long. And even with the education question that I asked him at the beginning, this, this has been a battle I've been facing for the last six years. And I've done a lot of work in that space. I've hosted two uh, global summits um, that uh, we've interviewed. I have interviewed personally uh, Sir Ken Robinson and Peter Gray, uh, Pat Ferenga and and, and many others. And I'm blown away each time I speak to these people as well. But the, the way he laid out the problem with education and his passion and drive behind how he is going to fix it and how he wants to be uh, the kind of driving force behind making education free for everyone everywhere. Yeah, I love that. And the way he broke down like the, the problem with the education system as it is today. And just examples like, you know, <laughs> how much money do we spend on teachers to teach algebra when one guy put algebra open source into the world, it makes no sense. And you're like, you don't employ 250,000 people to teach the same thing when we each have a laptop. And you're like, yes. (laughs) How have I never been able to express that in, like, that one sentence before? And I've been trying so long and so hard to to try and open people's mind to, like, homeschooling, for example. And, you know, homeschooling is not for weirdos or... Um, tyrants, or as Michael, yeah. excuse me, or as uh, President Macron here in France said uh, just two weeks ago, for extremists, uh, you know, right? Like what? And to, to hear him come out fighting on on the side of education reform, and to come out fighting on the side of, of Bitcoin, it was really impressive to to be sat across the. The, the laptop on on the zoom chat i really enjoyed it and I, I have another conversation coming up with him too which i'm really looking forward to so it's uh yeah it was a a, a true honor and i don't know hopefully that uh if you're listening john Vallis, that that might have got me a uh, a, a rubber stamp into the, <laughs> into the 100k part
1: <laughs> and there and john if you're listening uh you know you're out there in newfoundland uh i'm a good old maritimer i was born in new brunswick so the right thing to do would be i'm willing to go as anybody's date by the way i will go that far i will i'll dress nice i'll behave i won't uh, i won't wreck anything i promise i'll be a great ambassador for Toronto.
0: well you, all you gotta do is you know you <laughs> find yourself a big role in hollywood and you, you'll just be able to swan in no problem uh, actually, I've got, I've got a, I've got a question about that because yeah. obviously yeah. what's going on, um, this, y- clearly you work in two industries that have taken a huge hit on this. Uh, what is the kind of feel in, in, in those circles with, w- w- when are we going to get m- back in the movies? When are the big films going to start coming out again? You know, what's, what's going on? You know, no one can go to rock concerts. What are the big bands thinking is, uh, w- can, can you, kind of lift the lid on that world a little bit? Oh, man, it, it's been cool.
1: I, uh, yeah, I mean, if I was entrenched in that business and um, it's just been wiped out. I mean, there have been a few, uh, what they do over here is have drive-in shows. So we have drive-in theaters. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing in Europe, but uh, it's like a, a big outdoor screen that is like 50 feet tall and 100 feet wide. And you watch a movie from your car and you just hang a speaker on on your window ledge and and watch the film. And so they've been doing rock concerts that way, but they're very few and far between. Uh, But that has been one way that we've been doing doing music at social distance. And then there's been, um, you know, some uh, very few uh, uh, outdoor shows, uh, obviously with social distancing and a limited, limited audience, but by and large, like all the guys that I work with, everybody's out of work. It's just over. Like the industry is over. I don't know how anybody's ever coming back from this because if you have to rent a warehouse to store all that gear and pay the cost for that, it's just, it's over. I don't know. I mean, if the virus, if the pandemic ever relents, then yes, I'm sure somehow people will scramble and, and figure it out. But as it is, like, I'm, I'm out of a job that way, and that was a great support job, and I really loved it because I play music, I'm a fan of music. Uh, it worked hand-in-hand hand with my acting career, so it was really terrific. But it's gone now, and uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. And I, I, I miss it, I really do, because it was a great opportunity. Uh, like, I, I basically got paid to see some of the greatest acts out there, you know, around the world. Like I could list Carla Bruni, uh, Van Morrison, uh, The Weeknd, uh, Neil Young. Uh, I could go on and on and on. Um, and a lot of these people, I guess, you know, you're seeing a lot of people on YouTube uh, do wonderful performances and then they will name a, a charity of, of their, uh, a pet charity of their own to for people to donate to. And I think it's a, it's a terrific thing. Music will never die, uh, but we're kind of under uh, a struggle for ways to consume music now uh, you know, under, under the lens of the, uh, the pandemic currently.
0: Yeah. Um, or let, let's hope people are at home, that they're getting, they, they have this downtime Hopefully there's a lot of creativity going on and, and you, you just never know what's going to come out, right? Um, like, fingers crossed. But it's just taken such a hit and, and acting as well. Like, you know, I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but what you, you definitely find yourself in a tough spot, right? Yeah.
1: Nobody knows. And nobody knows better than me, I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, I've been fortunate. I've done a few small, uh, commercials here and there, but nothing, uh, nothing to write home about. Um, but I'm excited because there's something on the horizon, uh, a a feature film with a new director from uh, Toronto here that I'm excited about. And, uh, I just got a message from one of my favorite, uh, expat UK people who lives here in Canada. Uh, Mr. Simon Phillips, uh, so hopefully we'll get together on a, on a project in December. And uh, what, what they're doing right now is you have to hire um, basically a social uh, distancing COVID specialist nurse to be on set. Um, and sometimes it's more than one nurse, depending on the amount of crew and cast that you're working with, obviously. So, uh, it's an extra expense, and uh, it's, it's more regulatory hoops to jump through, uh, and, and uh, it's a pain in the ass, quite frankly. But, uh, you know, there is still shooting going on, and I have noticed that it seems to have, at least here in Hollywood North, uh, it, it seems to have picked up over the last month or two. So that's a good sign. Uh, because, quite frankly, this summer was supposed to be the biggest that Toronto had seen. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but a great deal of the Hollywood motion pictures that you see the world over are shot here in, in Toronto. Uh, a lot of them are shot in Vancouver, Canada as well, because they come up uh, because the American dollar is usually 25 points up on the Canadian dollar. So they, their, their money goes further here. So. Uh, we, yeah, we've been doing this for years in Toronto. Uh, so it's a good sign to see that things have been picking up lately. But what we lost is just... I mean, Netflix was building a studio here. Uh, hmm. And it was scheduled to open this year. And uh, obviously things have changed uh, for, for those plans. But uh tough pill to swallow. I don't know what's going to happen. Technology is running rampant, as, as we both know, so uh, maybe in the future we see AI-generated serial drama. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, it frightens me a little bit, but uh, who can say? I still think there's room for theater and live music and people getting together. I think it will happen, and I think if they keep wielding pandemic regulation over our heads sooner or later people get tired of it and they will say enough's enough we have to live our life you know we tried your way it's clearly not making any difference let's go back to living a life of quality care and and love and uh let's put the humanity back in you know the social construct again
0: yeah man for sure so here, here's one for you, first Bitcoin film, what's it gonna be and who do you wanna play? Oh, wow. I, wanna, I want it to be about,
1: about Matt O'Dell running wild, like he finally has had enough with uh, you know, prying regulatory fingers, reaching into his privacy, and he goes ballistic and holds up in a shack somewhere in you know, New York City, but New York City is destitute because everybody's moved away because of the pandemic. So it's like basically just an action film playground for explosives and bad attitude and uh a lot of finger flashing to authority. i think I think that'll be a lot of fun i'm a little bit old for that role though so I think Matt is a much younger man, uh, but i guess c g can go a long way towards making me look much younger <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds yeah uh, or, or <laughs> it does sound like um a mix between like falling down or i am legend and uh <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> my- it,
1: it might be the the dawn of a new genre like the post pandemic
0: uh thriller you know do you have you thought about this like what what kind of movies are going to be made about this this period of time in the future because clearly if it plays out like we think th- these these formative years this this last decade it's going to be studied and recreated by Hollywood types or you know, whoever.
1: Yeah. And you know what is strange right now is there is, seems to be this big, uh, oh, uh, they're, they're steering away from showing pandemic in, in dramatic television, uh, at this point in time, they, they're trying to, to maybe the spirits of people up somehow by not showing what reality is? I don't know. But I think, yeah, sooner or later, something's gotta be made about this. And uh, I'm fearful of what is uncovered in, in the near to distant future about the pandemic and how it's been used and abused for you know, nefarious purposes.
0: Mm. And what about, what about Bitcoin? When, when we get to like 2030, 2035 and Bitcoin films start rolling out, Uh, you know, like the early, the early days or, you know, putting it together.
1: Yeah. Well, we're still, we're still waiting for the, there's going to be a sort of a a Winklevoss uh, film. Is there not? Uh,
0: That's the, with uh, a lot of the. It's film, right? The, 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 uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So that I'm looking forward to that. Uh, But yeah, I think there's a lot of very rich dramatic play from which to sculpt, uh, and you know, I would love to see some stuff about uh, you know the early uh, the the race for mining supremacy. I think would be a good one. Uh, obviously, uh, you know the dark web and and uh, the links to that. Uh, I would love to see a film in which uh, Steve Mnuchin is uh, vilified <laughs> and. <laughs> And perhaps uh, eliminated uh, in a in a very dramatic and grotesque way uh, at the film's conclusion. That'd be fun. Uh, Yeah, no, there's a lot of rich, rich material to to tell stories from.
0: I mean, certainly, like Netflix could run away with a series about the cypherpunks and the the over in question of like which one of them is Satoshi. Uh, Yeah, it, it could be just such an amazing thing, a real.
1: It's got to be done. Somebody's got to be working on it. And, you know, I I had higher hopes for uh, Mr. Robot. I don't know if you've seen that one, but Mr. Robot, they made mentions of Bitcoin. And uh, I thought maybe they would get a little further down that rabbit hole. They didn't. uh, But it was nice to see at least a nod. But yeah, you're right. There's got to be something done.
0: Yeah, it's going to be cool. And we've got American Hoddle and Breedlove working on a documentary, which everybody is really looking forward to. And uh, all the best for that, guys. Really, um, yeah, push forward on that and make it happen because uh, it'd be so great Yeah, something else in the space.
1: Yeah, such an exciting time to be part of this whole thing. Uh, You really get the sense that uh, the floodgates are about to, to break open uh, and and it's it's funny because we were talking about this you know two three years ago, and suddenly it seems like all those things are happening right in front of our eyes.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm just checking the price, and it's fifteen thousand four hundred and sixty. So we're we we're, we're hanging around. It's uh, it's not going anywhere too fast. Well, Mike, it's it's been a great uh, opportunity to get to speak with you and to meet you. Thank you for. Uh, you know, uh, retweeting and commenting and, and turning up in the DMs or on Twitter. Really appreciate uh, you reaching out. And um, it would be awesome to see you on the big screen one day representing Bitcoin once all of this uh, starts moving forward again. But I've got to ask you the last question. If you had one orange pill left to give to someone, who would you give it to and why?
1: Oh, I forgot that you did this. I was not ready for this. Um... Man, uh, the Dalai Lama, bam! Yeah, I think he would do wise things with the
0: knowledge for sure. That is definitely an orange pill we want to see handed out uh he's been chosen a few times but uh that okay there <laughs> go. yeah so people are definitely thinking along the same lines all right mike well i'll let you uh i'll let you get on with your day where can people come and find you man where i'm sure you want to hang out with more bitcoiners on twitter and get to know more people in the space and i mean absolutely bunch of great bitcoiners in canada so if you start mapping out where they are you can just go Park on their front driveway and share some beers. I'm sure. <laughs> so, how can people find you?
1: Surprise! I'm here. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, the real M. Coglin on Twitter at the real M. Coglin, and uh, I do a lot of Instagram. That's more for the the f- uh, film and television stuff that I'm involved in. Uh, I am the real Michael Coglin on Instagram and uh internet movie database imdb at me slash michael coglin and
0: i'll put all yeah thank you so much no man it's a pleasure i'll put all of that in the in the show notes so, so people can find you and in the twitter thread as well so we can link everything up when we release this uh really appreciate it man have a great afternoon okay you too thanks so much have a good one Hey guys, thank you for listening, and thank you, Mike, for coming on again. That was such a great chat; really enjoyed that one. And uh, you know, it's first time for me to to really uh, to speak to an, an actor that um, has worked with with some of the greats and is trying to carve out a career in in this industry. And what's going on, and you know, how this is how COVID has affected uh, this industry and, and where it's headed. It would be amazing to see a Bitcoiner on the uh, on the big screen in one of the big films. So I think I speak for the whole community when uh, when I say we got you back, man. So you know push and push and push and keep going.'ve you've, you've got every Bitcoiner behind you. It would be awesome to see you hit the big time and uh, fingers crossed. Uh, for, for those people that are interested, go and check out his uh, Mike's uh, IMDB page. you'll see, uh, the last couple of things he's done, The Nights Before Christmas, as we talked about in the show, uh, a film called This Was America that came out. This was uh, this year's work, 2020. And coming in 2021, uh, he's starring uh, in The Age of the Living Dead, which is a, a TV series. So go check out IMDb. I will put the uh, link in the show notes and reach out Reach out to Mike via Twitter. Uh, I'll put his title in the... Uh, his twitter handle in the title of the show and the show notes so you can go and find him and uh, thanks again for coming on man it's uh, another great rabbit hole story of waking up one day realizing something was broken intuitively knowing something's broken this this system isn't working not just for, for you for millions of us around the world and coming to the ultimate conclusion that you know Bitcoin fixes this so uh, I got a big smile on my face doing this this closing so I will leave it there thank you everybody for listening to the show if you're rating and reviewing I really really appreciate it if you're sharing on Twitter that goes a long way as well likes comments and uh, of course bring the banter it's always great to uh, to hang out with new Bitcoiners on Twitter uh, before I sign off make sure You check out coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten. If you're in the UK, start stacking sats with those guys. And if you're in the US, live in every state, swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. You can go start stacking some sats. You'll get a free 10 bucks using that sign up code. Big shout out to the boys at 21ism. It's amazing the website you put together, the people you are showcasing is in. Incredible, and I know there's so much more to come. Keep bringing the noise, uh, and if you haven't checked this out yet, guys, go over and check out the the website. Go follow on Twitter. Uh, as you're doing great work, and the team, all the brick coiners keep it up. It's brilliant stuff. And uh, a, a shout out as well for Shamory because we're coming up to Christmas, and Scott's done a great job with this little card game. He's got it STEM-certified. You can go and uh, visit the website, uh, website, playshammery.com. Go check him out on Twitter and keep an eye on the release of my podcasts. Somewhere hidden either in the show notes or in the release of the tweet thread, you'll find a conspicuous-looking code that will get you a free game, which Scott gladly gives out to the first person. Uh, who gets over to the website and claims the free game with that code. Really appreciate all your work you're doing, Scott, to to help educate friends and families around the world. It's a brilliant product. Really um, glad you you come on the show to talk about it earlier in the year and all the best of luck. All right, guys, uh, I'll look forward to the next show and thank you again for all of your support. Take care.